Welcome back to the Chuck Series Companion. I'm your host, the Jaystrom, and today we are here to talk about Season 1, Episode 8, Chuck vs. The Truth. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast. I'm just plain excited. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. And like I say always, you love Chuck just as much as I do, right? And if I haven't won you over yet, I'm going to keep trying until I get it right. But first, I would like to thank the people who rated the show on iTunes and the people who reviewed the show on iTunes. I want to thank you guys very much. So I want to thank Adam from the Bay Area, Affy98, and uh, Adam Sexton. Uh, for reviewing the show on iTunes. And I would also like to thank the people who rated the show on iTunes. Guys, I'm looking for more reviews and more ratings on there. So if you could please follow the link to the iTunes page for the Chuck Series Companion and uh, review it for me. Uh, My main thing that's driving me crazy is when you go to iTunes and you just search for Chuck... This podcast does not show up. And I'm hoping more reviews and ratings will help it show up on the search engine of iTunes. I don't know how that thing works, but uh, I'm hoping that works. So, guys, once again, thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. Also, if you'd like to check out my Chuck blog, go to chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. I do a blog post of each episode as I put it out. And so you can find the podcast there and my blog posts for each episode as I do them. Uh, Also, if you'd like to send me some feedback, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. And also send me a voicemail at nimpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could call this number 1-206-309-4729 and I'll play it on the show. I'd love that, guys. Okay, say you're a little bashful and you don't really want to have a voicemail on the show, send me a, an email, and I'll read it on the show, like this one from Ed. Hey Jason, I've been listening to NIM since before the Talk Radio X days. Okay, this is getting into the history of my podcast, Entertainment Landfill, which was once called Nora Mulberry, but now it's called Entertainment Landfill. Okay, just to get that out of the way. I've never sent any feedback before. I just wanted to tell you how much I love your Chuck show. I never watched the show, but listening to you talk about it is great. I wish everyone who did TV podcasts did them like you do. All the sound bites and your thoughts make me feel like I'm watching the show as I'm working. I just wanted to let you know your work is appreciated, and I hope you keep it up. Thanks, Ed. Well, thank you, Ed. That's awesome. See, you would never sent feedback before, and you did it this time, and I just want you to know that... Getting feedback like that inspires me to do another show. It really is fuel to add to doing the show. Sometimes I'm like, "Eh, do I really feel like doing this? Boom, get a message. Somebody says, hey, love the show. Keep on doing it. And all of a sudden, okay, this guy's listening. I need to do a show. I need to do a new one. So I want to thank you guys. Anybody who ever sends feedback, I thank you. You keep the show going. You were the fuel that keeps the Chuck Series Companion going and, of course, Entertainment Landfill. Uh, thank you guys so much. And I want to now get into Chuck versus the Truth. This episode was again directed by Robert Duncan McNeil, who I've already talked about in two other occasions. He directed Versus the Helicopter and Versus the Sandworm. So now he's doing Versus the Truth. Um, this guy is prolific. He directed so many episodes of Chuck, 21 episodes to be exact. It's almost like he could, he's directed a whole season's worth of episodes of Chuck. So uh, that dude knows what he's doing. And also this episode was written by Allie Adler, who wrote Chuck versus the Wookiee. And she will go on to write eight episodes of Chuck. 
in her uh, career with Chuck. And I think I said this before, she's now working on the new Supergirl series, and I believe she even wrote the pilot. So I'm really excited about that. But yeah, Ali Adler, Robert Duncan McNeil, two strong Chuck contributors in the uh, pantheon of this series of people who've worked on it. So let's give a round of applause to them. Thank you very much. Okay, now before we get into Chuck versus the Truth, I want to talk about two of the guest stars on this week's episode. When the episode first starts, we have Kevin Wiseman, who you may know as Marshall Finkman if you watch the show Alias, which was a great spy show, by the way, done by J.J. Abrams, starring Jennifer Garner. So Marshall Finkman in this episode plays the bad guy, which is pretty cool because he was the good guy in Alias. And it's just cool seeing him in another spy show. And we also have Rachel Bilson, who you probably know from Heart of Dixie, that's now on the CW. And she was also, of course, in The O.C. She was in Jumper, etc. She's a really cute actress. She's adorable. And we've got them both on this week's episode. So it's cool how they'll bring in guest stars and stuff like that. So let's get into the episode of Chuck vs. the Truth. When it starts out, we have some of my favorite Tim Jones music. And uh, we have this guy, he's sweating profusely. He's like, oh, what's wrong? Uh, You know, what are you doing to me? And we have the evil Marshall Finkman from Alias, Kevin Wiseman, as I said before. And he's interrogating him. Who are you? Poisoner. By trade. Specifically speaking, I'm your poisoner. Do you know where the codes are? No. I told you. Okay. We're gonna try that again. Do you know where the codes are? Yes. How did you make me do that? Poison starts as truth serum. Your assignment is simple, Mr. Whitney. Just get me my codes. You have approximately three hours, give or take, before you die. As soon as I have my codes, I'll give you the antidote. Okay, so now we know that Marshall Finkman, Kevin Wiseman, he's a poisoner by trade. And the poison he uses acts as a truth serum for a short time. Ah, very interesting. And you know what I just thought of? He also was the Hobbit dude from Clerks 2. Do you guys remember that? That was so funny in that. Danger, danger. My name is Anakin. My acting is ruining Saga. Yeah, he was that guy. So anyway, back to the show. Now, everything's kind of scary and urgent as we see Chuck and Sarah preparing for something. But what are they preparing for? You ready? Maybe we're in over our heads. It's time. You sure it's not too dangerous? I'll be an inch away. I'm scared. Let's go over it again. Make sure we have our bases covered. God, who'd have thought going out to sushi with my sister and her boyfriend would make me so freaked out? Oh, so they're preparing for sushi night with Awesome and Ellie. Okay, well, let's make sure they have their facts straight. Okay, last night we saw a movie. What was my snack of choice? Sprinkled milk duds over your popcorn. What was I wearing? Blue top, little buttons. Oh, you like that one? I like all of them. What movie were Hey. Oh, no, and we have the return of Scooter. Uh, Sarah's supervisor at the Wienerlicious. Someone who just came out of nowhere on the show, and he may just disappear, and he'll never be spoken of again. Uh, poor Scooter. Why is this door What are you doing? Oh! Wow. Girl on top. Miss Walker, when Herr Wienerlicious signs your paycheck, I doubt he's factoring in makeup breaks with your boy toy. I'm sorry. I had to act fast. That's a good visual gag there when Sarah has to pin Chuck down and act like she's making out with him. His face is hilarious. Like, it's great. Great moment. I'm predicting a spinoff with Scooter. Okay, cut to the buy more. And I already prepared you for the special guest, Rachel Bilson from Heart of Dixie. She has a certain energy about her. Let's let's face it. She's the same in everything she does. (laughs) That's not an insult. She's cute, and that's what she does. And she's kind of funny, and she's quirky and all that. And Chuck immediately is enamored with her. And she has a problem with her crappy phone, which, come on, guys. This is pre-smartphone. It looks like some kind of palm thing. You know, she keeps her recipes and stuff in there. So she needs help from Chuck, or she's going to lose all this information. Hi. 
keep pressing the button and nothing is happening. Is it fully charged? Because sometimes this model's... My entire life is in this thing, okay? I got names, places, dates, times, music, photos, recipes. Wow. Uh, wait, you, you cook too? What if I lose everything? You know, I can't start from scratch. I can't be the person that I was before this thing came along, okay? I'm uh, freaking out. I, listen to me, uh... Lou. Lou? Really? Lou? I wouldn't put... This is kind of my world, you know? This is what, this is what I do, and I, I do it pretty good, so... Trust me. Okay, go. I know I'm totally spazzing out. I'm sorry. It's just a little overwhelming to even consider. No, 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 no. Don't go there. Come back. Go to a happy place. Is there something that you think about that quiets the voices that are in your head? Um. Turkey, Munster cheese, egg bread, grilled. Was that a, was that a sandwich? Yeah, they're my passion. <laughs> And, uh, sounds, it sounds pretty delicious. I own a deli in the mall, and I often think about meats and cheeses. Ah, yes, who doesn't? Indeed, who doesn't think about meat and cheeses all the time? One thing I think is funny about this scene is that she leaves her phone with Chuck and fills out no forms or anything. And he's just like, I'll get it back to you tomorrow. And nothing. Does he even know her phone number? Well, I guess he has it in her phone. <laughs> Look, I I, uh, I promise you that if you come back tomorrow, your phone will be all fixed up and good to go, okay? Really? Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been nice talking with you, Chuck. Yeah, you too, Lou. That rhymed. I, I, I didn't actually mean for that to rhyme. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm guessing Lou is short for Louise, maybe? Maybe. And I love this. As Lou walks away, then we have Morgan with his whole... Mind cheater, mind cheater, saw you. Saw me what? Saw you what, dude? Are you kidding me? Mind cheating with the broken phone, girl. And why wouldn't you? Her hair looked so much like licorice. I want to chew on it to like make myself sick. But you, oh gee whiz, Chuck, you already have hair to chew on. What? What the hell are you talking about? Name Sarah Ringer. Hop on with two big bells. You know, just because you didn't actually do anything with licorice hair doesn't mean you didn't want to. Think about that. Mind cheater. Get out of you. Now cut to downtown L.A. And the guy from the beginning of the episode who is drugged is... Walking around, bumping into stuff, falling over things, and he's looking for the codes that he hid. And we've got a little voice over here from Kevin Wiseman, kind of reminding us as to what he's doing. Your assignment is simple, Mr. Betty. My, my codes. Still here. Oh, great. He found his codes. Now we can give them to this horrible poisoner guy. Now cut to the sushi place where Chuck and Sarah are having dinner with Awesome and Ellie. Oh, and also and also a, a crab hand roll for the lady. Light wasabi, but like light, light. Almost as if you just wash your hands and only the residue of previous orders remains. Didn't realize how old-fashioned you were, Chuck. Oh, why? Because I was ordering food for my girl? Well, I guess I just know what she likes. You sure do. Such a gentleman, Chuck, ordering for Sarah. But Awesome is a little forward in this episode, I have to say. I guess there were a couple times in the past where he's kind of said something where it's like, oh, come on, Awesome, don't say that. But now he's really just kind of prying. No, no, no. Old-fashioned, how slow you guys are taking things. Kevin, what? <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are joined at the hip, but that's not where you're supposed to be joined. It's like uh, the east wing of our apartment took a vow of celibacy. It's <laughs> none of our business. It makes me think that a couple of episodes ago, in Chuck versus the Sandworm, remember, Chuck asked Sarah to please stay because uh, Awesome and Ellie might think he was in here getting lucky. So I'm thinking that Awesome never thought that for a moment. So. <laughs> um, edamame? Oh, your oh. sleeve. Shoot. Are you ever going to retire that sweater, Ellie? Hope not. It's my lucky sweater. 
more like my lucky sweater. I was wearing it the first time I met Ellie in an epidemiology class. He told me that L.L. Bean must have stolen the color from my eyes, so it really belonged to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. You old smoothie. <laughs> Thank you for dinner. Well, you guys wait here. I'll get the car. I found a space around the corner. It's funny seeing Awesome and Ellie kind of kissing, and Sarah's like, okay, I'll just put my arms around Chuck and trying to seem more couple-ish there. When all of a sudden, the poison guy comes stumbling into frame. Sir? You hear me? What's your name? Can someone please call an ambulance? Now, Ellie springs into action, and we see in the background that Kevin Wiseman is following. He's holding some kind of tracker thing also. And then we see the poison guy. He slips the necklace with the codes into Ellie's pocket. And poor Chuck, he has no idea a bad guy is standing right next by when he calls out... Not only Ellie's first name, but her middle and last name to everyone. Oh, Chuck. That's my sister, Eleanor Faye Bartowski, saving that dude's life. <laughs> so when Chuck pulls out the guy's uh, medical information in his wallet, he flashes on it. sister saving that bad dude's life Uh uh-oh now cut back to the bartowski household and uh awesome is totally unaware that anything's going on so he's riding on his bike and uh chuck is pacing back and forth totally worried hey hey do you think uh, do you think ellie's okay should i call the hospital again you've called 10 times in the past 20 minutes yeah but i know but what, what about what about sweaty nuclear guy what, what if he hurts her come on chuck people saw ellie at the er she's gonna be fine i love how chuck describes the guy as sweaty nuclear guy but then here's awesome again prying totally into their love lives come on awesome totally uncomfortable <laughs> hey you spending the night a little pep talk must have inspired you guys. Mazel tov. Yeah, uh, actually, Sarah's just hanging out until Ellie gets home. So. Why? She's a doctor, Chuck. Emergencies happen. You know when somebody asks, is there a doctor in the house? It's our cue. I'm going to make some coffee. Do you want some? Absolutely. Listen, I know it's been a while since you've taken your... Uh, your bike out for a ride, you know? Now I love this part where uh, Awesome is like, okay, Chuck. And he wants to talk to him about taking his bike out for a ride. And Sarah is there at the counter making coffee. And she slowly turns around realizing what they're talking about. It's pretty funny. Again, it's a nice, funny visual. But it is time to oil up that rusty chain. Hop on that seat and start pedaling away, bro. You never forget how to ride, okay? Lock it out. Come on. Nice. Oh, hey, there she is. But luckily, Ellie walks in and she's fine. And Chuck is a little overly excited to see her and happy to see her because no one really knows that he's in fear for his sister's life. Hi, honey. Ellie! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're okay. Oh, my God. You're fine. You're fine. Of course you're fine. Why wouldn't you be fine? Why wouldn't she be fine? What happened? We tried everything. Nothing worked. I think he was poisoned or had an allergic reaction or something. I'm going to bed. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Good night. Sleep tight. Night. And again, we get to hear Chuck voice his real concerns about this spy life, normal life, family life, buy more life, is that the spy world keeps creeping into the other two worlds. He doesn't like involving his sister or the Bymore in these things, but it just keeps happening. And he's kind of freaking out about it. I am getting way too comfortable lying and sneaking around all this spy stuff, okay? I'm starting to feel that that is my real life. It's all to be expected. It's an existential spy crisis of sorts. It used to be all compartmentalized, you know, Chuck World and Spy World. But when I watched those ambulance doors close and my sister was behind them with that sweaty nuclear spy freak, my worlds collided. I put Ellie's life in danger. No, Chuck, that guy was sick with or without the intersect in your head. And spy world or no, Ellie helped that guy because that is what she is trained to do. 
I guess so. So it looks like Sarah has calmed Chuck down and everything's okay. But then she brings up what Awesome kept bringing up. Maybe it's time that they, you know, had sex. And I love it because she just got done handing Chuck a piping hot mug of coffee. I love his reaction. There's something else I have to talk to you about. What's that? I'm a little worried about our cover. I think it's time for us to make love. (gasps) (gasps) That's hot coffee. That's hilarious. (laughs) So let's cut to uh, Casey's apartment where Beckman is now briefing Sarah and Casey. And General Beckman is saying that Chuck was actually wrong. Mason Whitney, the sweaty nuclear guy, was not a threat. And Sarah's kind of like, well, it's not like him to be wrong. And I love <laughs> I love what Casey says here. The intersect was correct in identifying Mason Whitney. Subject had nuclear intel. However, Bartowski incorrectly perceived Whitney as a threat. Chuck's not wrong very often. But he's annoying all the time. Whitney was a programmer for a top secret project, codenamed Sanctuary. When Whitney disappeared, so did the Sanctuary data embedded on the computer chip. Wait, so whoever has the chip essentially has a skeleton key to access our nuclear facilities. Precisely, Agent Walker. In the wrong hands, this is potentially catastrophic. Casey, bring Chuck with you to the morgue. Maybe there's a clue only he can see to ascertain Whitney's true cause of death. Agent Walker, search the body for the missing codes. Maybe there's a chance he still has them on him. Wow, so okay, uh, the guy had nuclear codes to all of our nuclear arsenal? That seems kind of scary. And we know that it's not going to be on his body because it's in Ellie's pocket to her lucky sweater. But more on that later. Now, let's cut to the buy more. Dude, this is weird. You're back from lunch on time. Man, Big Mike's working me to the bone, dude. Got me on some extra assignments, says it's super secret. Don't tell me, because if you tell me, it's not going to be a secret. He wants me to help Harry Tang's wife pick out a gift for their anniversary. Well, that's great. I mean, he trusts you. No, 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 dude, I don't have time for this. I am a very busy man, boy. Morgan, think of it like this. Think of it as an opportunity to learn something you'd otherwise never know about our freakish leader. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Big Mike is making Morgan help Harry Ting's wife to pick out a birthday present. Nothing could go wrong there. Seems like a great idea. But Jeff and Lester heard everything, which you'll notice is kind of funny. You guys remember when before I brought up the fact that uh, a lot of talk about spy life is done on the show at the Buy More and no one seems to be overhearing it. But Jeff and Lester are always listening But they never pick up on any of the spy stuff. It's kind of funny. So I love this. Uh, Morgan goes to visit Harry Tang's wife standing in the TV area. And that's my favorite area in any Buy More store. All those large, giant HDTVs, which all seem to be Vizios. I'm sure there's some other brands there, too. Ms. Harry Tang? Dick Mike say you helped me pick prize for Harry. Yeah, hi, I'm Morgan. Shh, biggest secret. Poopy Cat is a jealous type. Keep it under your head. Have any idea what Harry wants? I buy him plasma TV. Biggest you got. Okay, I'm gonna go draw up the paperwork. Oh, Harry, be so happy. Eat it up. Give me some sugar. Sugar. This will be helpful to us one day, Jeffrey. Meet me in the home theater room tomorrow night. Little does Morgan know that Jeff and Lester aren't only eavesdropping on Morgan, they're also videotaping everything, which is kind of funny. And I love love when Lester says, knowledge is power, and Jeff says, knowledge is power. My mom used to say, knowledge is powder. Don't talk about your mom much. She's doing a stretch up in the state pen at Chowchilla. So cut to the nerd herd desk and Lou is back. She's there to pick up her phone and she's checking to see if uh, Chuck repaired it or if there's nothing that could be done and it's trashed. But I have a feeling that Chuck bent over backwards to fix this phone. Hell, he might even replaced it with a brand new one and she has no idea. He just traded her SIM out and all the... No, he didn't do that. What am I even talking about? What, am I writing a fan fiction here about how he fixed her phone? What's going on? So anyway, he gives her her phone back. 
Hey. Okay, just give me the verdict, Chuck. I can take it. Sure you want to hear? If you're teasing me, please stop. If you're not teasing me, don't lie to me. Good as new, ish. I don't believe you. You can learn a lot about a person uh, through their cell phone, by the way. For example, I, I saw that you listed your Nana first under A Nana. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, yeah. You really saved my ass, Chuck. Wow, you love your Nana and you have the mouth of a trucker. You're a very complicated woman, Lou. So Chuck fixed it and Lou's happy, but she also made him a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Brought you something for fixing it. Thanks. Uh, a sandwich? It is uh, the sandwich, turkey, munster, egg bread. I'm even going to call it the Chuck Bartowski. I I can't believe you're going to name a sandwich after me. (laughs) You know, you should come by the shop sometime and taste it fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. Chuck's having a moment with Lou. She's named a sandwich after him. He's kind of like, oh, wow, this girl's kind of neat and... Sarah shows up, and it's really uncomfortable. Yes, I'd love that, Lou. This is kind of the biggest honor. Sarah! Hi, I'm Sarah. Lou, Lou is her name. This is Lou. I was fixing Lou's phone for her, Lou. Who's that? That's Sarah. She said that. Who's Sarah? Sarah is... What's the best way to describe? Uh, Chuck is really not handling this too well, is he? Yikes. Sarah is my... Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Sarah. I, you should refrigerate that, because it'd be a shame for the Chuck to make you sick. It, yes, absolutely. I, I, great idea. Uh, there's more to the Mason-Whitney incident than we thought. Let's go, Chuck. So that could have gone better, but cut to the morgue where things get worse. Because Chuck does not like being around dead bodies, and uh, I don't think I would either. But it's hilarious how comfortable Sarah and Casey are around this dead guy, especially when Casey drives a giant needle into the dead guy's chest. This is just a storage room. They just happen to store People in this room, people who are no longer breathing and who are refrigerated. Man up, Bartowski, got a storm somewhere. Better than stacked up on a curb like garbage, right? Eyes on the prize. Getting any flashes? Good lord, the man is naked. Appears rigor mortis is set in, too. Oh. Oh. <gasps> Find anything? Nothing yet. No codes. Hang on a second. What is this? Now cut to Ellie's living room, and there's a police officer there that appears to be questioning Ellie about the night that uh, sweaty nuclear guy stumbled into their lives. And uh, wait a second. That's no cop. That's Kevin Wiseman from Alias and also Clerks, too. I appreciate you taking the time to answer my questions, Dr. Bartowski. Not at all. Okay. Now, did the deceased hand anything to you? No. Say anything specific to you? He just asked me to help him. Did you hide anything for him? I beg your pardon? Did he transfer anything to your person? Uh, I've told you everything I know, officer. I'm sorry if I can't be more help. That's all right. Okay, I think we have everything we need. If you don't mind, I'd just like to get a quick photo for the records. Okay, cut back to the morgue, and it looks like Sarah has found something behind Whitney's ear. Some kind of flap of skin. It's kind of gross, and there seems to be a microchip on it. What is it? Bug. And I like this. It cuts back to Ellie, and now the officer is going to take a picture of Ellie, and his explanation is kind of goofy, and you can tell that just like Ellie's like, can this be over? Could you get out of my house? I'm just uncomfortable by the whole thing. And the guy puts the same type of bug on Ellie. All right. Uh, actually, just going to move your hair back a bit. There's a certain protocol required for the framing. Okay. Now, say cheesecake. Uh, cheesecake. 
What is it? The guy was poisoned. Toxic derivative of pentothal. So Casey analyzes the bug, and it turns out that it contains truth serum in the poison. Initially, the subject becomes uncontrollably truthful after it accumulates in the occipital lobe. Victim suffers from unconsciousness and eventually death. What's the timeline on this thing? Can't say. Could be a couple hours. Could be minutes, depending on the concentration. Wow. So we found out that the uh, poison, it acts as a truth serum and can kill you either in minutes or in hours. And Ellie has just been given this poison. So this is kind of scary. And now the guy wants her to sign an affidavit. Come on, just let her be, go on about her day, dude. Just need you to sign this affidavit and we'll be all done. And I love how the fake cop is leaving. Uh, awesome has to chime in. That's the tiniest cop I've ever seen. Have a good day, sir. Oh, tiniest cop I've ever seen. Now, cut to the Wienerlicious, and Scooter, everyone's favorite character on the show, is counting the till of the Wienerlicious, and he won't let Chuck in. And I love this line here about uh, Scooter's parents doing a number on him. <laughs> uh-uh. You know the rules, Walker. Not while the green's out of the machine. Your parents did a real number on you, didn't they? Yes, they did. So Scooter won't let Chuck and Sarah talk inside, so they go outside, and, and she wants to know if Chuck is prepared for their mission, which is Operation They Have to Sleep Together, but not really. I just wanted to make sure we're all set for tonight's mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's been a while since I've slept with someone. Not, 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 not slept with someone, but slept with... It's actually been a while since I've done either one, so... Chuck, listen, I, I know this is kind of uncomfortable. I'm fine. It's fine. It's just that we have to do it. Got I mean, it. not not do it. I got it. So we don't blow. I got it. I'll cover. I got it. I got it. Uh, something tells me Chuck's not really into this, but on the way back to the Limor, he spots Lou. Lou! Hey! 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 And Lou doesn't want to talk to him because she felt like she was kind of led on by Chuck. You know, he was flirting back with her. And it turns out he had a girlfriend. So, you know, she kind of likes him. But no, 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 no. He's got a girlfriend. Stay away from me, Chuck. I mean, stay away from her. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Listen, about earlier with Sarah, I can explain. Forget it, Chuck. You don't have to be single to fix a broken phone, right? Maybe our signals just got crossed. No, no, that not at all. That's... That's kind of what I'm trying to say is that they, they weren't crossed. You know, Sarah and I, me and Sarah, that whole thing, it's really very... It's complicated. Well, is she your girlfriend or not? Well, yeah, sort of, kind of. Hard to explain. I really, really very badly wish that I could explain. Listen, if you're not going to tell me the truth, I'll tell you, okay? I like you. <laughs> I like almost everything about you. I think you're cute. You're funny. Our vast height difference intrigues me. I want to know what I don't like. Very, very much. I think anyone who cheats on his girlfriend is a big, fat, stupid jackass. Exactly. I concur. Of course you do, which is why I like you. Why don't we do this, okay? If your situation ever gets less complicated, you just let me know, okay? Okay. Yeah. Have a great day. Drive safe. And you can see Sarah standing in front of the Wienerlicious. She watched the whole kind of conversation take place. It's obvious that Chuck is into Lou, but he can't tell her that he has a fake girlfriend. She's not my real girlfriend. She's my fake girlfriend. And can we go out sometime? He just can't say that. So right now it's just complicated. And Sarah looks pretty concerned to me. Now cut to the Buy More break room. Jeff and Lester are showing Harry Ting the footage of Morgan with his wife, and he's not handling it well. Meet me in the home theater room tomorrow night. Again? Sure, Harry? You've watched it like 20 times. Again! Oh, my little pancake! Meet me in the home theater room tomorrow night. Again! Oh, my little pancake! Meet me in the home theater room tomorrow night. I don't love how Harry Ting storms off and he's upset. And then uh, <laughs> it's so funny when Lester goes, okay, let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. 
Okay, let's cut to Chuck's bedroom. And he's lighting candles. He's set in the mood. Oh, yeah. For him and Sarah's night tonight. And the music Chuck plays to prepare for this little event is the the Isley Brothers. Ain't I Been Good to You, parts one and two. And I love Sarah spies on Chuck and he's dancing to the music and she's like, what exactly do you think is going to happen here? Ellie, let me in. Wow, Chuck, what do you think is going to happen here tonight? Why? What do you what do you think I think? Well, I don't know. The, the candles and the music. I mean, you do know we're just spending the night together for cover, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I, why would I possibly think anything else? I mean, by now I'd say I'm pretty familiar with the concept of faking it, so. Oh, well, that seemed a little harsh there, Chuck. I think he's starting to kind of get bummed out about the whole fake relationship thing when he sees the potential Lou over here. He already knows Sarah is not into him because it's her job. And just being around Sarah, you know, he has feelings for her, but it's not going to manifest itself into anything. So he's kind of interested in Lou, and now Sarah and him are faking sleeping together. It's just getting complicated, and his feelings are kind of all over the place. But I love this cut to uh, Casey's apartment, and he's got his milk and cookies, and his Reagan photo. (laughs) I love his framed Reagan photo there next to his cookies, and he's going to have a night of just uh, eavesdropping on Chuck and Sarah. Chuck, we've got to take this assignment seriously. Okay, I'll lose the music. But cut back to Chuck's apartment, and uh, Chuck's like, oh, you can change the other room. And she's like, no, that's okay. She whips off her trench coat, and she's already in kind of this very kind of uh, nice sleeping attire, I guess you would call it. You can change in the bathroom. That's okay. What? You give me crap about lighting some candles, and you come in wearing that? What, this? This, this is part of my cover. Well, it doesn't cover a thing. And what if Ellie or Awesome were to walk in? This is exactly what a girlfriend would wear to seduce her boyfriend. I am just being professional. Yeah. The world's oldest profession. Oh, right. Well, that's real nice, Chuck. What is the matter with you tonight, anyway? Ooh, ouch, Chuck. Gee whiz. But it turns out outside, Kevin Wiseman has shown up. So cue his Tim Jones bad guy theme. TV, babe? No, read a book. Fine, I've got work to do. And he has his tracking device, which can also listen in on what's going on in the house, and he can hear everything that Ellie and Awesome are talking about. And it seems Awesome is still a little too preoccupied with Chuck and Sarah's sex life. <laughs> you think Chuck's going to seal the deal with Sarah tonight? Gross, you're talking about my brother. It's got your jeans, babe. And I ought to know the Bartowskis are very passionate people. Remember the last time we spent the night at your parents' house? I found them bouncing around in the jacuzzi. Whoa, brain stamp. She doesn't feel so great when it's on the other foot now, does it? (laughs) And you know what? You know what? What's What's up with the porno shorts? Huh? I mean, clearly... Mrs. Hadidzian likes to enjoy all the hills and valleys, but really, really, they leave like nothing to the imagination. Okay, babe, your uh, your mood tonight is super honest. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Casey's listening in on the conversation also while, again, enjoying his chocolate chip cookies. But now he's getting interference. Something is messing with his uh, with his transmission. And then there's that. Awesome. Everything is so freaking awesome. Let me tell you something. If everything is awesome and there is no unawesome, then awesome by definition, it's just mediocre. It turns out Chuck and Sarah can hear everything too, and it's just kind of uh, a bummer. And 
you know what? When is the last time you did something nice for me? Just bought me something for no reason, just because it's Monday. Calm down, babe. We're starting to sound like them, aren't we? A little. Are you okay? Is there anything you want to talk about? What exactly are the rules with our, like, you know, our, our thing? What do you mean? What do I, what do I mean? I mean, hypothetically speaking, are we allowed to see other people? Well, uh, our cover is boyfriend, girlfriend, so tactically that would be challenging, plus any prospective date would have to endure a rigorous vetting process to determine her motivation. Would her motivation be love? Ideally, but you're a very important piece of intelligence and you have to be handled with extreme care. So basically what Sarah's saying here is if he is going to date Lou, she's going to investigate Lou. She needs to know what Lou's ulterior motives are, if there are any. Chuck, I don't have to be a spy to piece together the clues here. You're interested in that Lou girl, aren't you? What? Well, cut back to uh, Casey's apartment. He's getting all sorts of interference. He can hear Chuck and Sarah. He can hear Ellie and Awesome. It's just um, his cookie time is ruined, essentially. Come on, babe. Get back in bed. You know what? I think I'm just going to sleep on the floor. Chuck, we can't compromise. I'll cover. Well, you know what? I feel compromised. Okay. But things get really weird when Ellie comes into Chuck's room. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. She climbs up on the bed with Chuck and Sarah. And he's just like, uh, Ellie, um... And she's acting really weird, by the way. Almost like somebody who's been drugged or poisoned. I have known him since the day he was born, obviously. When people would ask him what he wanted to be when he grew up, he would always say the same thing. Big boy. How cute is that? Ellie, you're killing me here. And now he is a big boy. And I can tell that he is because he is with a big, big girl. Sorry, guys. Don't mean to muck up your mojo. Try to stop her. Is she drunk? Chuck, you need a haircut. It's starting to make funny animal shapes. (laughs) I love how she says Sarah is a big girl. And I love when she tells Chuck that he needs a haircut. It's making funny animal shapes. Yeah, uh, we haven't spoken about Chuck's hair yet. (laughs) <laughs> since this uh, series started, but what is the deal with Chuck's hair anyway? Uh, I guess no comment. Uh, I think it's even more to talk about in season two, but okay. Let's move on, shall we? Let's go, babe. These two need their privacy, huh? When you were seven, I told you that the burglar stole the money from your piggy bank. That was a lie. It was me. At the time, I felt it was very important for me to have a new kid's fanny pack. Ellie, are you okay? Have you done anything out of the ordinary words taste like peaches okay we're gonna go now let you kids get back to doing whatever it is you're doing (laughs) fun all right (laughs) i love when john shows up with a fake milk carton with an antenna sticking out of it and he needs uh a fill-up of some milk hey sorry to bother you folks you spread some milk call out (laughs) muju's coming right up Casey, what are you doing here? Getting some crosstalk. Why? What for? Those pajamas make you look like Dennis the Menace's father. (laughs) Ellie! Ellie, Ellie. And uh, Casey's right. Ellie was poisoned. And Chuck's going to freak out. Pull the video surveillance. Man posing as an officer exposed your sister to the poison. Why would anyone want to hurt Ellie? She doesn't know anything about nuclear code. She doesn't even want us to own a microwave. That's good news. 
means the person who poisoned her is still out there looking for the intel chip. No, 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 no. There is no good news, okay? You just told me that my sister was poisoned by the same stuff as a dead guy. Chuck, our medical teams are trying to identify the poisoning agent to create an antidote for Ellie. There's no time. If it's the same poison as the dead guy, that means Ellie's only got a few hours left. Look, this is easy. All we got to do is find the codes, and then we get the bad guy to trade us for the antidote, okay? We do this kind of thing in our sleep. Even if we knew where the codes were, that's not a practical plan. Can't risk the bad guy endangering millions of lives for the one. This is my sister we're talking about, all right? We can't just sit around and watch her die. Okay, the only clue we have so far is the bug that we found on Ellie. Soundproof box. Don't want the bad guy knowing we're on to him. We've got a team working on reversing the tracking signal. So here Chuck tries to take a leap to save his sister. He grabs the bug and he says some information into it to lure the guy there. And like before in previous episodes, Chuck takes a moment where without thinking he does something that ends up really actually being a good move or a smart move, if you will. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, no. Found the codes. Can't believe where Mason Whitney hit him. I'm going to keep him on the lady doctor until we can move him safely. Now the bad guy's going to come to us. Not bad, Bartowski. Do that ever again and I'll kill you. Now at Ellie's bedside, Chuck desperately wishes he could tell her the truth about everything that's going on. Most of all, he just wants her to be okay. I'm going to fix this, Ellie, I swear. I know that you think I'm, I'm just Chuck, your screw-up little brother. But there's a lot about me you don't know. See, I'm... I'm also Chuck, the guy with all of these important government secrets in my brain. I can make this better. I will make this better. God, everything is so different now, Ellie. Everything is so different now. I used to be able to come to you and ask your advice about anything. And now my whole life is like a lie. Awesome comes in and he's got Ellie's lucky sweater and that's when Chuck finds something in the pocket. Went downstairs and he got Ellie's sweater from her locker. A lucky sweater. She could use it. Thanks, Devin. And that's when Chuck finds the chip and he immediately flashes on it. Oh. <gasps> But right then the bad guy shows up and he's got his tracker device and he thinks he's going into Ellie's room, but it's actually Sarah there in a wig laying in wait. Casey shows up and they try to capture him, but he's the dude's got some moves, but he just wants to make a deal. Give him the launch chip or whatever it's called, and he'll give the antidote to save Ellie. Okay. I've got what you want. The antidote to save your doctor friend. Give it to her. She might live. Just trade me for the codes. Or... I can poison all of you and force you to tell me where you've hidden my codes. And then you will die too. Just like the doctor. Your choice. But right then, <laughs> Chuck comes bursting in the room, excited because he found the code chip. Eh, might be some bad timing there, Chuck. I found him! I found him! I got the codes. The codes are on the necklace. I found him. The vial. Oh, way to go, Chuck. Now everybody in the room is poisoned. And that's when Kevin Wiseman grabs a chip and makes a run for it. I love when Casey grabs a dude's crutch and throws it at him. That's hilarious. Oh. Oh. 
So when the bad guy drops the antidote, luckily Sarah catches it, and now they want immediately for Chuck to drink it. But of course, you know, Chuck's not going to do that. He wants to save his sister. And I love this moment here because all of them have been poisoned. So now they all want to tell the truth. They are incredibly honest. And it makes for some good comic relief. Here. No, no, it's for Ellie. No, I'm sorry. There's no debate. It has to be you. You're the intersect. You won't take it knowing that Ellie will die without it, that both of you have been poisoned too? You're a good person, Chuck, and I respect that, but I got a job to do, so take it before I shove it down your throat. Okay, okay, fine, fine, I'll do it. Thank you. I'll pretend to agree to take it, and then I'll run like hell to my sister's room and make her take it. Why did I just say that out loud? It's the poison. It makes you tell the truth. You do that, I'll give chase, put a gun to your head, threaten to pull the trigger if you don't take it. Would you really shoot me? No. Yeah, don't waste a bullet. We're already dead. I'm saving my sister. I love that moment. So Chuck rushes to Ellie's room and he he gives her the antidote. So Ellie's been saved and now Chuck, Sarah, and Casey are just kind of sitting there, I guess, waiting to die because they have no antidote now. And Chuck's kind of going over how his day has gone so far. If I had a blog, this would be a really big day for me. Do my laundry, check. Save my sister's life, check. Save my own life. Final entry. (laughs) I love how he says, final entry. And then Sarah, she's acting kind of wonky, too, because of the drugs. And it's it's just a funny scene. I am so sorry about all of this. That's okay. It's okay. It's not ideal, but I've lived a pretty good life, you know? I mean, how many guys can say they landed a helicopter and saved the lives of innocent people? Courageous and honorable members of the United States military. And, the, hey, and the silver lining is now I don't have to work out my five-year plan again. Streamline that down about five hours. But wait a second, Chuck spots that tracking device the dude had, and it's laying on the floor. He picks it up, and he flashes on it. Bad guy's name is Reardon Payne, used to be an Olympic gymnast, blew out his knee. Now he sells hard-to-find items like nuclear codes to hard-to-find people. Lots of people want to spend lots of cash on these codes, but they're not going to get the chance. No, why not? And with that, cue Britney Spears toxic. Because this thing's going to lead us right to it. I love this moment where uh, they both want to pick the lock, but Chuck says, okay, who's better at it? And Sarah's like, I am. And he's like, damn it. And I love this moment where they get on the elevator and now Chuck all of a sudden feels very complimentary towards Sarah and even Casey. God, you're so pretty. Casey, your jaw was chiseled by Michelangelo himself. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And I love when they knock and Chuck is totally honest as to who's at the door. Yes? What is it? The NSA, CIA, and me, who's a little tougher to explain. We all have our skill set. And I love this. This is actually the first time Sarah calls Casey her partner. My partner would rather shoot you in the face than let you get away. You call me your partner? Where the codes, you son of a bitch? First, the antidote. Actually, I was just about to enjoy a little antidote myself. What kind of host would I be if I didn't offer you some as well? Uh, uh, careful there. I haven't killed anyone in a little while. I'm getting a little hungry. So the bad guy has some antidote for them all to drink. I'm not sure they should really trust this guy. What do you guys think? I know Chuck doesn't think so. Wait, 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 don't, 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 don
don't. Would you have a flash? No. No, I've just read tons of comic books. And the villain always samples at first. Good one, Chuck. And I love this moment. He starts doing backflips and stuff, trying to get away because, you know, he was a gymnast. And Sarah's having none of it. She's going to take his ass out. And I love it. We also get the Wilhelm scream. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure all of you guys know what the Wilhelm scream is, right? Grand sportsman-like. I like it. The antidote's in the cabinet. Bottom right shelf. Keys in my pocket. Codes are in my right shoe. Now that they have the codes and they have the antidote, Chuck wants to take the opportunity to ask Sarah a question that he knows that she wouldn't ordinarily ever answer. Wait, 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 wait. Not yet. Not yet. Why? What's the matter? Nothing. It's just that this... This will probably be the last chance that I have to know the truth. I know you're you're just doing your job here, but sometimes it feels so real, you know? So tell me, you and me, us, our thing under the undercover thing, is this ever going anywhere? I'm sorry, Chuck. No. Got it. Got it. Thank you for being honest. Even though I guess you don't really have a choice in the matter. Well, you can't blame a guy for trying, right? Now, let's cut back to the buy more. We've received the codes, and now our weapon sites are more secure than ever. Congratulations on a job well done. But outside the home theater room, Harry Tang is on his way in. He thinks he's going to catch his wife and Morgan doing something they shouldn't be doing. And uh, let's just see what happens. I'm trying to have sex with my wife. I'm going to kick your ass. Morgan Grimes, you mess with the ball, you get the horns. Major Casey, who's infiltrated the home theater room? (laughs) I love when Beckman says that. Who's infiltrated the home theater room? Which is a hilarious sentence. But uh, I love how quick Casey and Sarah whip out their laser-sighted weapons on Harry Tang. And he has no idea what the hell is going on. I, I, I see nothing out of the ordinary here. Carry on, Markowski. Stay right where you are. Wait, 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 wait. What are you going to do with him? We'll take care of it. Yikes, what does that mean? Is Casey going to take Tang out back and shoot him? Remember last week, he kind of wondered if Chuck wanted him to kill him, so I think he's been itching to do this for a while. Nah, he wouldn't do that, would he? Oh, you're good, Tang. Very good. I am? Oh, of course you are. I know you've been on to us for a while now. But you nailed us this time. I, I did? Of course you did. I know you've always known that Sarah and I worked undercover for the government. I knew it. I knew Bartowski couldn't bag anyone as hot as Blondie. Ah, oh, never mind Bartowski. He's small potatoes. Just a pawn we used to lure you here. I'm the big potato. You're the big potato. We're requesting you relocate to Oahu and wait for their instructions on how to aid your country from there. I'm going to be a spy? No. That would give a name to it. Wow. Leave the buy more. I never thought this day would come. Don't know what it is about this place, but it gets under your skin. Yeah to serve my country in any way I can, sir. That's great. I love the way Casey kind of manipulates Harry Tang into thinking he's doing service for his country. And I guess he is. By leaving, he'll never tell anybody the secret he knows. But in reality, 
the actor who plays Harry Tang, C.S. Lee, had gotten a gig on Showtime for Dexter. So basically they had to write him out of the show, which is unfortunate because Harry Tang was a good jerk boss to kind of get the guys into trouble and stuff. But he went on to Dexter, so farewell, C.S. Lee. We'll never hear from him again on Chuck. So now that I think about it, there are two characters in this episode we'll never see again, and that's Harry Tang and Scooter. <laughs> Poor Scooter. And I love this next scene in the Buy More break room when Morgan shows up and, you know, he's like, hey, Big Mike, you wanted to see me? And he lets him in on the good news and we also find out why Big Mike promoted Harry Tang in the first place. Hey, oh, Big Mike, you want to see me? Thanks for your help with Harry Tang's wife. Did me a huge favor. Yeah, well, just doing my job there, sir. Oh, and Grimes. Uh-huh. Change the shipping address on Tang's plasma delivery. Send it to their new place in Oahu. Oahu? <laughs> Tang got himself a taste of the sweet life. Manager of some pineapple factory. Wait, so we're free? No more Harry Tank? Guess I'm not the only one glad to see him go. No. No, he can be tough, but use your discretion with this information. Yeah, I got so many secrets crammed in here. Fire Marshal wants to shut it down. Had no choice but to give Harry Tang the assistant manager position. Felt so damn guilty about diddling his wife for the past six months. So Big Mike reveals to Morgan that he has been sleeping with Harry Ting's wife, which is kind of awful there, Big Mike. And we also get a song by the band Eels called Fresh Feeling. Now, I will not miss the man at all, but I will forever dream about the Lady Tang. get a nice moment here where uh, Chuck spies on Awesome and Ellie where Awesome's giving her a necklace and they're kissing and holding each other and you realize, you know, just Chuck staring at him that's all he wants right there he wants somebody to be with and what his sister has so Chuck takes the opportunity to visit Sarah at the Wienerlicious and he's got to do it he's got to break up with her Coming by. Um, Sarah, you know when you think you're gonna die and your whole life is supposed to flash in front of you? That didn't exactly happen for me yesterday. In fact, mostly it was just a list that I saw. A list of stuff that I haven't done and things that I haven't had a chance to say. So today, I want to start crossing things off of my list. And this is the first thing that I promised myself that I'd do. The way Chuck kind of builds up to this seems like he's going to kiss Sarah, doesn't it, to you guys? Like, he's building up to this and he's going to kiss her, but that's not what he does at all. And I'm not sure if Sarah was even anticipating a kiss. It kind of looks like she is, but this is what Chuck does instead. We need to break up. What? You know, you know, like fake, fake breakup, our pretend relationship. I just can't do this anymore, you know? The longer we go, the longer we keep trying to fool people into believing that we're a real couple, the person I keep fooling the most is me. Fresh, fresh 
So we're led to believe that Sarah really has no interest in Chuck because, you know, she was under the truth serum after all. And she said, no, it was never going to happen. But right then, Casey calls her on the phone and we learn that Sarah has been taught to resist Pendaval. So she totally could have been lying to Chuck. In fact, guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you she was lying. <laughs> yeah. I meant to ask you, when you were affected, you say anything to compromise yourself? Uh, no. If I hadn't been trained to withstand Pentafall, I might have. So then Sarah goes outside of the Wienerlicious and he watches as Chuck goes straight to Lou's sandwich shop, sits down, and they start having a great time. And this is kind of a different kind of ending for Chuck, where it's usually kind of this warm, happy feeling. And sure, we can be happy for Chuck here, but we're really bummed for Sarah because we know she does have feelings for Chuck, which she can't show him. And now Chuck wants to move on. He wants to hang out and date the sandwich girl. So it ends like that. What a bummer. Well, guys, I think we're just going to have to wait until the next episode of the Chuck Series Companion to see what happens. On Season 1, Episode 9, Chuck versus the Imported Hard Salami. So, guys, before I go, I just wanted to thank you again for listening to the show. Again, check out the link to iTunes, review the show, rate it for me. Uh, check out the blog at chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. Send me an email or a voicemail at nimpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call 1206-309-4729. Or check out my regular podcast, Entertainment Landfill. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I'll see you next week on the Chuck Series Companion. Until then. Your parents did a real number on you, didn't they? Yes, they did. Now this is podcasting. Casting.